I'm gonna make him an offer again. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! I've been around the station a few times. With the first pick in the draft. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Film Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Cunningham. With me as always is my co-host, Jaron Heron. And uh, after some wacky episodes uh, in recent weeks, we're here to get serious. We're here to get scholarly. We're talking about cinematography. And it's, I think, maybe the second below-the-line tech craft related episode we've done and uh again in honor of um the oscars we're definitely getting deep into award season now and we're talking best cinematography oscar winners jaron what's new with you merry christmas by the way it's the 25th of december this is coming out so um yeah merry christmas and and we're doing this instead of christmas movies yeah (laughs) we didn't plan as well i'm more interested in this topic than than that anyway yeah so am i i'm very interested to get into it um our our two guests we've just been vibing for the past couple hours doing that just ridiculous episode last week so hunter and tyler are back we'll introduce them in, in a second but i am very excited to get into this um like most uh, people, I think cinematography is like the most below the line category that casual viewers come out like, um, like being the most interested in as well because it's what's presented like the most obvious to you. Um, I I've, I dip my toe in cinematography. I know a bit about it. I'm excited to get into it. Um, I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm very excited to talk about it. Uh, but Jacob, would you like to introduce our guest from last week? Yes, returning from last week. First up, uh, he is he's a co-winner on A24, but he couldn't get the W last week. This is his third episode. He's a writer, a film trivia player, and just an all-round great guy. It is Tyler Bannock. Dude, dude, I have to resist the urge so much to not say Tyler Bad, bad News Bannock when I'm introducing <laughs> you because I'm so conditioned to playing movie trivia with you. But Tyler, how do you feel about this episode? Yeah, so um, cinematography, I think... I mean, I'm curious as to how I'm going to do today, of course, along with everyone else. But, uh, I mean, I think of all the uh, below-the-line Oscar categories I could be on, I'd say cinematography is would definitely be one that I'd be, I'd be down for. So this will be fun. I can't wait to see what uh, everyone picks. I got my list of 15 movies, so I'm sure a lot of them are going to get knocked off, but who knows? But I'm excited. Tyler's going to be sitting there in the middle of the episode scrambling for more picks after the top 15 <laughs> fall off the board. <laughs> But um, speaking of scrambling for picks, someone who did a very good job of that last week, our winner last week, uh, he runs the page and website, the Cinema Dispatch, and he runs the critic group, the Critic Circle on Instagram. It is Hunter Friesen. And this is your topic, my friend. I know you're a big Oscar guy, and I've wanted to get you on for an Oscar-related episode for a while. And cinematography was your poison when it comes to those Oscar categories. Yes, I'm glad it all worked out. Cinematography is one of my favorite categories. I was like, you know, what's the worst category to do on a podcast the category it's all about looking at things (laughs) exactly so but i will make sure everyone will be imagining these movies in their head while they're listening to this and they'll be thinking about all the great images that have been produced that if you you know the best cinematography is images that stay with you forever so they will instantly recognize this and i'm glad we could be here all four of us to talk about this great great category 
Look, we've done an episode on like sound editing, so we're not afraid to go niche and nitty gritty. But um, that, they, is, that is deep in the in, in the jungle <laughs> oh, right there. Is, sound editing, cut. yeah, that was fun. That's a great yeah, one though. Fun. That's great. Yeah, not specifically the Oscar category, but just in general. But um, ah. yeah, I'm excited for this one. And again, it's interesting because there are a lot of you look back and you there are a lot of films we're like, man, how did that not win? So um, mm-hmm. these are just the not necessarily the best of the best, but a lot of, a lot of it is. So, yeah. uh, and I know your taste is very uh, classical hunter, so I'm expecting that we're all going to maybe have a slightly different flavor on all of our lists. I mean, I, I love the classics too, though. So mm-hmm. are we ready to get into this one, guys? I think this is an important one to get like first one, two or three on, I think. Yeah. yeah. There are some this, big, big ones. It's the one I kind of want. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. We've all probably got a, a couple that we're eyeing off at the topic. So we are going to spin the wheel live on the show to see who gets that first pick. <sighs> Oh, 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 yes, let's go. Oh, 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 no. Yes, Jaren. I was like, oh, it's that's, Jaren. That's a good Ooh. one. Let's go. Jaren yeah. has the top right. pick. I know okay. I've, got some, I've got some high up choices that I don't think Jaren's seen, so I'm not sweating too badly with that. But if, if Hunter and Tyler start getting in there, I'm going to get a bit nervous. Stop that wheel. Oh, there we oh, go. That's not me. There we change. go. Never mind. There we oh. go. Bad news, Banark at the number two. I, I, I didn't notice the colors changes. I was the purple last bit. I Hunter, thought thought it was yeah. Hunter actually spin. gets the first two picks. So. <laughs> no, right. Hey, I'll take it. And it between trade me, graphics. I swear, if I get the final Jacob. pick for like the the third episode in a row, God. Ah, all right, all right. All right. I'll I mean, take third's it. Not, third's At this not point, I'll take either. my two my two picks in a row. I'll take that. Hunter has the final pick, and I have the third. Uh, um, I haven't gotten okay. top two in such a long time on this damn show. <laughs> All right, well, I know for a fact there's one movie Tyler's going to take. Now, I'm just curious as to when he'll take it. That's the number one thing. I don't think Jaren's seen, like, two of my top three, so... Oh, there you go. I don't think you, you, you have not but seen one of the ones you, in my top five. Hunter's either. probably you, seen mine, though. <laughs> probably mine, too. True, but at the same time, just do you know? Do you think seeing it will stop you from taking it? Well, it probably, take stuff honestly. you haven't seen. I mean, I've seen the YouTube huh. compilations they've all made about this category, and I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> it'll, it, I can do it. We are back. We are ready to go. Jaron has landed the number one pick, and I genuinely have no idea what he's going to go with. Because again, it's a nitty gritty category where we're not just picking our favorite films. So uh, yeah, yep. curious to see how this goes. Jaron, what do you got for us? Yes, uh, I am oh, I'm so ecstatic to get this number one pick because this is the one that I wanted so badly. Um, not many films um, in 2016 were still shooting on celluloid, but that's exactly what Lina Sandgren did with La La Land in 2016. Um, they shot La La Land with 35 mil on those big Panavision cameras. Absolutely beautiful. They use these like they use the 50 mil lenses more than any other lens, which is like my favorite lens. Um, it's just beautiful. Like you've got this really deep focus that can just intertwine with the shallow focus so well. They use primary purple inside the frame so much and blend it with like that pale yellow to create silhouettes. Um, I think. One of my favorite things about cinematography is when it's ingrained into the narrative and shooting it on 35mm and having that like film grain inside of La La Land really reinforces the whole story of the film, which is like traditionalism and trying to like embrace the future. I think that really, um, it really helps it with that. And I love when people think about films more than just like on the surface level. Um, Linus uses practical lighting at every single 
opportunity, like the best of them, um, to like kind of bend and breathe warmth into the frame. Like I think about that amazing dinner scene where um, they have like their first fight and he kind of, uh, um, Goz's character kind of walks out of the room and the candle that was warming the frame starts to dim. Like it's such details like that, just like breathe these scenes that shouldn't be as cinematic as they are and just create them. And outside of that, the amazing long one is um, the camera feels like it's floating around. Like sometimes it feels like it's genuinely in space. Um, it's just, I think it's the most well shot movie of all time for mine. I love La La Land. I really thought I was going to be able to get this a lot later. Not like super late, but I did not think it was going first, first round. Um, I, I knew it was going to be off the, I knew it was gonna be yeah. first off the board right away. Because you would have taken it if Jaren be... didn't. I was, I was, yeah. yeah. Well, I know I, I, I like... it's in your top 10 of all time, I think. It's, it's my number yes. two of all time film. Um, but yeah, great pick. It's very, very high on my list as well. And even if, if, if the content of the film and the story and stuff wasn't as poignant as um, like it turned out to be, I still think the cinematography would stand yeah. on its own just with how well it it's interwoven with the narrative, how well it's shot. I don't know how they fucking did half of that shit. Like it's, yeah, the, it's the epilogue montage approaches some truly like transcendent magical moments of movie oh, yeah. magic for mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah, no, off La La Land, off the board. I really thought I was going to be able to nab that with maybe my second <laughs> or third. Tyler, how, has your heart been broken? What do you got for us? Um, okay. Uh, it's not too bad because my second pick is actually one that I'm happy I'm going to get. Um, it's a movie that, uh, I think when it comes to cinematography, it either, it looks, either it looks so good that I can see it as like a, a painting in a museum or it says a thousand words and that would be, uh, Dune. And, um, right on. Yeah, cause, for, cause for me, like when I, when I saw this movie, I saw it, I didn't see it in IMAX, but I saw it, like in a premium format. And, um, from the first, very first shot, I could already tell like, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a visual feast and like every single shot after that was exactly like what i say i could see i could see it either as a as a painting in a museum or as you know like it's it says a lot to the context of the story you know like i think back to when um we had that one scene with the um the harkonnen family and they have like that throat singer i uh, singing really loud and we had cut back to like a shot of him like you know just a shot of him just like of the singer like singing on that stage to like a crowd of thousands of harkonnen warriors just like gathered all together like i just think those were so so cool and so um but uh yeah greg fraser he definitely deserved that oscar win for it and um i can't wait to see what he brings to the table for doom part two if he is going to be in that i'm telling you right now if he is i think so um but uh Talking about yes, okay, Greg Fraser, I really wish the Batman was eligible for this episode. Is all I say. Mm. He was ripped off for that one big oh, yeah. time for the nomination, let alone a win. But uh, yeah, Dern's a really awesome pick and a highlight from recent years. And um, might not be the last time a Villeneuve film comes up on this episode. We shall see. <laughs> I doubt. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> no. But my my whole top five is still on the board, and this is a tough. I really would have liked to have that two picks in a row, um, because I've got a clear top two that it's hard for me to separate. And I feel like Hunter would take both of them as well. I don't know. Um, so I'm just Don't take go- mine then. Don't take them from me. Well, they might both be yours. I don't know. But I'm going to just, I'm going to go with what I think is my, my number one pick. Um, I'm going with Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, wow. Okay. Fuck you, man. That was literally my next pick. That was yep. my pick. And that was going to start the whole team. 
We were going to go on a roll, and now I can't have fun anymore. Why did I even come? <laughs> Look, I All right, talk about it. Take all my points in, right now. That's the fun thing about this draft. You know, you got to draw some blood. There wasn't a lot of blood drawn on our last episode. But this is honestly oh. not even taking into account how much I know Hunter loves it. This was my number one pick, thinking back about it. I only saw yeah. it for the first time this year. So I'm totally just stealing Hunter's oh, Thunder. Same. Like <laughs> He's like, can't, can't even gatekeep the movie from us. But um, I saw it no. in a the theater on a huge screen and it's just those images man they're incredible and you feel the influence that leaked down and like you like the vistas and everything you can feel the influence in things like star wars and even dune uh honestly but i think Lawrence arabia is the, the og there for me and uh one of the best looking films of all time epic in every sense of the word and um i'm i i hope hunter doesn't take my number two because i know it's <laughs> probably likes a lot too but i'm i'm glad to have drawn a bit of blood from him there and you, you can do anything you want to say about Lawrence over you can talk at any time my friend wax lyrical <laughs> you probably know more about it than i fucking do oh i know it's it's one of those where david lean i think won best cinematography as the director like four times five times or something like that he's probably the most visual yeah director of all time but i you know it's not just about pretty pictures it's about telling a story with the cinematography and because Lawrence Ruby only the camera only moves left to right it is part of the adventure you are turning the page on this three and a half hour almost four hour long movie of just watching this character go through these vistas it's exactly what John Ford said in the Fablemans where's the fucking horizon and it's always <laughs> in the absolute right place with David Lean and obviously Lawrence Arabia is Exactly. Yes. So. Yeah, and he's got some other epics that could come up on this episode. I haven't seen a lot of his other epics, but from what I have seen in his filmography, he truly is one of the greats. And uh, Hunter, what are you going to bounce back with after losing your number one pick? I mean, if any of you take Ryan's daughter, I will give you a firm handshake and then ask why. <laughs> it's a great looking movie, but yeah, that's that's another that's the David Lee one we won, and it's like uh, nobody's seen that movie. That one, but... No, Doctor Chicago is great as well, but I'm not picking out. All right, fine, I'm pivoting. I'm pivoting. There's always there's still a lot of great movies left, so. I just said Lawrence Arabia's David Lean. He won the uh, cinematography Oscar like four or five times. This director is also, I think, one of the most visually capable of directors of all time. He's been a bit off the radar for a lot more years, but he's coming back with a new movie. His two greatest movies were not nominated for Best Cinematography at all. I don't know how The Godfather Part 1 or Part 2 are not nominated, but he did win his Oscar for Apocalypse Now. So, oh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> all right. Damn it. Yes. Oh, man. And you see, oh. Jacob, if I could have had Lawrence Ruby and Apocalypse Now back-to-back... Y'all would have just quit on her. But now damn. it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, look, that's yes. and again, a film I don't love, but I very high on my list for this draft because it's fucking incredible looking. It is the most like carefully shot movie, you know, uh, but that still translates chaos impeccably well. Where it looks amazing, but you can sense the danger, the dread, how everything is just hanging on by it, just a thread there out in Vietnam. It just translates everything. Every image, and, obviously the the horror image, the Blackhawk helicopters. You've got the smoke, the flares, him coming out of the water. It is just image after image. You're like, how the hell do they do that? Oh yeah, they spent like two years in the jungle doing it, stressing over everything, and that's just a man in his craft. That's Coppola. Now hopefully Megalopolis is that good. And with <laughs> the a fact that, oh go on, Jaron. The fact that they shot this on location is even more impressive yes. that they used that 70 millimeter film because. 
I don't know, wrangling that out there would have been like, it seems like it is like a near impossible task. I love that 2.20 by one aspect ratio. We don't see it enough, that massive mm-hmm. like anamorphic stretched out 35 millimeter um, kind of ratio. It's great. Also a lot of, because they use mostly natural light, most of that light inside the frame is like baked in. So that actually makes it harder to color grade. So the fact that it looks so beautiful is even more impressive. Um, yeah, Apocalypse Now is so high for me. And, and that that DP, mm-hmm. Vittorio Storaro, there's another film you won for that I know Hunter loves. Are you going to double up on Vittorio? <laughs> I'll save that one for later. <laughs> I mean, if any of you take it, I will be very impressed as well. You'll be a, a great I, I, I'm ally. I'm probably the only one who's fucking seen it here, but I, anyway. Yeah. Hunter, what's your other pick? Okay. So what's filling in for Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah. So... There's two here, and I know, Jiga, you might have alluded it to your top two, and I feel like you might take it. I also, I have to wait another, like, eight picks to get the, the other one I want, but I'm just going to go with this one. Now, Apocalypse Now is all about chaos as well, and I'm going to stick with chaos for a director who is the most chaotic man and has somehow been able to make the most chaotic subject into the most compelling movie of all time. I'm going to go with JFK. With Ooh, Oliver Stone, nice. okay. now talk okay. about a man who employs every single like filmmaking technique in me. He's got thirty-five millimeter. He's got sixteen millimeter. He's got super eight. He's got color. He's got black and white. He's got aspect ratio changes. He's throwing grain here and there. He's doing sweeping tracking shots. He's editing things left, right, splicing them. It is the most complex movie I've ever seen. That somehow makes so much sense when you're watching it and that's because the visual language of it is just perfectly done by a man who's probably just eating cocaine while he was making this movie and it makes (laughs) sense and i loved it i absolutely love it so i was hoping i was making sure that that was my third pick but now that jacob's found out he i'm on his hit list or something i'm like okay i'm just gonna make sure i have that one (laughs) lee harvey old world was a patsy (laughs) Yeah, JFK. Anyway, <laughs> JFK is responsible for one of my favorite moments on this show. We've taken it before, and it's a film Jaron and I both saw for the first time this year. And I, I absolutely loved it. It's one of genuinely mm. one of the best films I've ever seen. Wasn't as high on my cinematography list, so my number okay. two is still on the good. board, baby. Okay, all um, right, good. I was I, making sure that because once you said you know Andre will take it, I'm like, oh god, no, it's in my top uh, ten. He's gonna so, go for it. <laughs> so JFK is what you were you were worried about losing. I was, all right. I was worried because I love jfk so much my number two is a film that i think you're a fan of also i mean anyone who's seen it should be a fan of if they're not they're a fucking idiot but i don't think jaron's seen this one either so i'm not going for the jaron vote but i think it's one of the best looking films i've ever seen in terms of like that every frame of painting sort of aesthetic and it's been so influential uh on this genre and i am taking stanley kubrick's barry linden okay okay that was the next one i was gonna take you really yeah yeah (laughs) We're on a good wavelength here, yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Those, that and Lawrence were pretty much interchangeable as my one and two for this draft. Uh, again, I've seen Barry Lyndon once, but it's a film that holds your attention for three hours, even if only for the images. Like, they shot this thing with pretty much all natural light, and when they were inside, they were able to mimic the feeling of natural light, and Kubrick spent, like, so long every single day just to get the shoot started because he was agonizing over that perfect shot. There are scenes where you can see, like, the lighting change mid-shot because it's so naturalistic, and it's influenced stuff like um The Favourite and The Duelists and uh, everything that... um 
more films need to be set during like the Franco Napoleonic era because it's such a cool <laughs> era to mine both visually and narratively. Napoleon, I, I wasn't a huge fan of, but it looked, <laughs> it looked pretty good. But uh, Barry Lyndon, unlike Napoleon, has color. It is colorful. The design is incredible. Mm. The natural lighting. Uh, there are so many shots that just genuinely just look like 18th century paintings. It's just characters posed mm. uh, from things Kubrick was inspired by. And uh, it's honestly like my favorite visual visually uh, of Kubrick's film. So I'm glad it's one that John Alcott won an Oscar for one of the goats. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Barry Lyndon. I'm glad I've drafted you- it twice Ooh. on this show now. <laughs> I'm glad so you drafted it. It is, it is definitely several of the shots are modeled after paintings as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that it is definitely a film that came from a museum and then can have a museum of its own. And that's something I absolutely love about the types of films that I love. So. I'm also glad you took it and absolutely furious you took it because I was hedging my bets between that and JFK and I chose poorly. I know JFK is a very, very me. Me and Hunter are the old heads right now and Jaron and Tyler are the new school. Uh, I'm curious to see what Tyler brings in with his second pick. All right. So um, I'm going with a film that I was scared that Hunter was going to take it as a second pick, but he didn't. And I'm like, thank goodness. So for me, it's going to be another recent one. It's going to be one of the most colorfully shot films I've ever seen in my life. Um, and it also got Roger Deakins his first win. It's Blade Runner yep. 2049. Uh, um, yeah, it's a matter of when, when yeah. not if. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Blade Runner 2049, I mean, it was, I mean, not only is it Roger Deakins' long overdue win for that category, but. I mean, if you look at, I literally did a, I remember watching this movie, reviewing it. And then a couple weeks later, I did a whole post about like my top 10 favorite shots from that movie, which I never do. And I just, it's, I I mean, like all 10 of those shots, I I could place them all number one, but I just, I had a hard time narrowing it all down. What was your number um, one shot? My number one shot was the, uh, um, it's uh, the shot where uh, the Joy Hologram She's like kneeling down at Kay yeah. and he, she's pointing at him and saying, you look lonely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that one. That was my number one. Um, you look like a good. But, uh, yeah. And so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that uh, it's, 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 it's amazing. And like, you know, I've been trying, I mean, I saw it in IMAX. So I think that, that's what helps it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, I think not only is it great, has great color schemes, but like the lighting in it isn't it too, is great too. Like I remember that one shot of, uh, um, I think it was her name was Angel. She's like walking into Sue, uh, um, uh, Jared Leto's character's office, something like that, and like her, yeah, that her room. she's oh. she's walking like the, there's light behind her, but like her figure is like it's all black. I thought that was like really amazing, really really cool. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, Blade Runner twenty four nine, you know, colorful and lit beautifully. So and what a shame yeah, that's that my we second don't pick. Have more Roger Deakins films to choose from. There's like one other, <laughs> but like going back through, he has some of my all-time favorites that we would have loved to be able to pick, but the Oscars <laughs> don't have taste, I guess. Uh, but yeah, excellent pick. And he's gone double Villeneuve. Double yeah. Villeneuve up. Double down. Double Villeneuve <laughs> up on a Monday afternoon. All right, Jaron, what are you going to double up with for your two and three picks? Uh, my number two is, again, really contemporary, and it's still on the board, which I'm so happy about. I'm sure Jacob knows what it is. Uh, I'm taking yep. The Revenant by Manuel yep. Lebeski. Oh, okay. Um, the, the Revenant is nice. so, right. so fucking beautiful. Um, so they shot The Revenant with completely spherical lenses as opposed to anamorphic um, just because it was handheld, um, which is incredibly, like, uh, incredibly impressive. It also means the image is, like, just so superiorly sharp um like like no other film is and also the choice to shoot it 
like this this man Lebeski shot this entire film on lenses that are smaller than twenty mil, which means everything is so far away. The shallow, the the depth of field would be so hard to control. But he's an absolute master of his craft. I don't think anyone, maybe uh, maybe a couple of people, but hardly anyone could shoot this movie like he did. I think. The wide angle lenses also just like amplify the conditions um, that they're in. Um, I think the that's it's why the that those angle lenses and also how sharp it is, I think constitutes to why I think it has like the most beautiful wides of all time. Also because of the natural light, like you know, or like like people would know who shoot films. If you are shooting outside, you only have like a four hour window kind of max to shoot because you need corner light. If the sun's right in the middle of the sky, you get no contrast so you need to wait for corner light which means they only had four hours a day to shoot this which is why it took so damn long so that also would have been so hard especially considering it's all handheld it also means the long takes that are like you you weave in and out with animals people weaponry explosions squibs um are just so much more impressive um i think linus also uses the sorry not linus i think the camera also is used to like represent emotion really well like when um Fitzgerald is like walking around drunk. The camera kind of follows him in step with that. It feels tipsy when Leo DiCaprio, that iconic image of him crawling out of the grave where he's he's really, really hurt. They get that wide angle lens right up to his face and he's like kind of stretched out because that's how he like feels inside. It's so hard for him to move. Um, and when they're tumbling around and fighting, they throw the camera around, which is incredible. Um, yeah, it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. I love The Revenant. It's a very Jaron pilled pick, but it's really high for me as well. And I, when I was researching this episode, I was looking at people's lists, and no one really had this movie very high up. But uh, I'm with you, Jaron. Honestly, it's one of my favorites too, and it blew me the hell away when I first saw it. And now, anytime I see a movie with a shot where they're looking up at trees, I'm like, "Hey, sick the Revenant reference." Um, but um, yeah, no, I support you on that. And Lubeski, he won like three in such a short period of time, so he was always going to come up on this episode. And the Revenant's probably my favorite of his three as well. In terms of cinematography, at least, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm I'm so glad, Jaron. You are you have done your absolute most homework here. You're talking about your favorite lenses, you know, the, the <laughs> field and everything. I'm yeah. I'm you know, it makes me appreciate the movies even more. So I love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, I, I feel like an idiot compared to you with the way you, you describe oh, them. They're so. just no, nah, they're just the ones I've watched the most. You know what I mean? So I just try to take it in. Also, I use a lot of this shit for inspiration, and I'm not a DP myself, but my best friend is one. We shoot everything together, so I try to learn as much as I can, so I have an idea of what the hell he's talking about. So I'm I'm not an expert at all, but I just I just try to learn that shit. Um, Whereas I'm afraid anyway. of cameras. Jaron, what do you got for your next pick? <laughs> That uh, I am a videographer, but I've, yeah, I don't, I can't apply most of this shit. Um, so my next pick again, um, I promise I will become more film nerdy eventually, but I'm taking another one from the 2010s, which I like to, I like to think that I, I, I like old films. I take them all the time and foreign films, but I'm picking another US um, contemporary film. But this is because this film also uses cinematography to, enhance the narrative which is um it might not come up immediately when you think about everything else in this film inception from 2010 um by oh chris nolan so this might not come up immediately when you think about the film because of you know the the wacky story and you know he drew a fucking line on the board and then had wibbly wobbly lines around it and it's like this is how this character knows what this is this, this character is thinking like i don't give a shit this movie is so goddamn beautiful and the thing that i like most about it which they really thought about it similar to la la land is that everything was shot on that like anamorphic 35 millimeter that takes 
takes place in the real world and everything that is shot inside of a dream, forget about your fucking spinning top, is shot on 65 mil. So if you actually, if you pay attention, you can see everything a bit more deep and a bit more stretched out when they're in um, the dreamscapes. It also makes, I get, it makes those scenes, those scenes feel more dreamy. They're more, they're more milky because um, it's harder to get like natural light in the lens when you're using one that wide. Um, it's really, really beautiful. The fact that they shot this on celluloid um, and they had like these rotating soundscapes like gravity makes gravity look like cowards for shooting it on digital because they did this shit on celluloid, which is infinitely harder. All these practical sets um, incorporating the CG, but also the real moving sets into the camera in frame is so impressive. It always will be in an older movie because he wants to capture everything in camera as much as he can. And this is, um, it, it may be slept on a bit, I think, when people think about cinematography, but this is, is one of the most beautiful films because, again, of the way it's interwoven into the narrative and just, just how nice it looks in general. Yeah, not one that I really consider, but you've sold me on it, like, even more there. Maybe mm. when it comes to Nolan, I'm more of a Hoyt Van Hoytema kind of guy, but, um, you know, he, he just needs to win more, I guess, and he probably will this but year. Inception is also like these these characters are surrounded by this concrete jungle, right? Like it's about I think that he really uses the shape like the geo the geometry of the architecture to shape frames within frames, which is what the best DPs do. Deacons does it a lot. Um so when when you're watching a character, there'll just be so much there's just so much to explore around the frame, like the dark silhouettes with the blues and the whites. It's really impressive. All right, and now Tyler, are we going to keep going with the 2010s love fest between yourself and um, Jaren? <laughs> I uh, I'm actually going to uh, step away from 2010s for just a for just oh, a shit. second. Um, to 2009. I'm going with uh. So I'm actually going with a film that uh, I don't think people talk about cinematography wise. But it's a film that I think is very, very well made, and if and, and if and if anyone else tried to do it, it would not work, and that would be Titanic. Ooh, um, yep. Yes. Uh, now, yeah. yeah, Titanic. I would say is definitely one of the most well made films I've ever seen. I mean, you can crap on the story all you want or the acting or whatever, but this is a well made film. The cinematography, in particular, is right. something else, and I think it goes hand in hand with uh, the effects too. I think about that shot from when um, Jack and Rose are at the uh, edge of the ship and, you know, they got the whole look, Jack, I'm flying. And, you know, they got that camera pan from when he's like, they're out wide and it just pans past the ship and the two of them, you know, at that edge um, doing that. I think that shot's really cool. Um, and I think it also does a great shot, job of like, you know, telling it, of telling it, of, you know, adding an item to the narrative too. I remember the, uh, when the band starts playing near my God to thee and it shows all the people who are going to go down with the ship. And then, um, you know, seeing all those people, you know, like they're, they're, you got the old couple, you got the mom reading, telling the, the kids last, the last bedtime story before they, you know, accept their fate. Um, and then you also got, uh, you know, even something like, uh, you know, the water coming gushing in through like the great hall. And you see like a woman screaming because all that water is pouring in. Like, you know, every single shot, you know, like there's they James Cameron and company, they couldn't have gone wrong with how to shoot that movie. And that's why I have Titanic as one of my picks. Yeah, the interiors yeah. are like just as impressive as all the ship in the pool sort of stuff. Just the way you, make mm -hmm. you feel like you're there. No, great pick. Mm -hmm. 
Something I mentioned yeah. earlier that Titanic does so well and which I love watching is that because they're on a ship, you pretty much, and, and inside of it, they have to use practical lighting to fill the entire frame. You know what I mean? So it's always um, lamps on the walls or a big chandeliers coming down or lights on the steps shining up. And they the way they bend them to fill the frame is just incredibly impressive. Also similar to Inception, the way that they use, um, but even more so the way that they use like these props and these miniatures and these physical sets and bend them into the real film and, and edit that together is incredibly impressive. It's a good thing. I'll say who, who, whoever's crapping on the story and acting at Titanic, that should not be your friend. Like, <laughs> I, no, I, I don't know. Well, but I like it. It <laughs> acting um, gave me trauma as a kid. Gave me a lifelong fear of drowning. <laughs> I think. No boats for you. <laughs> All right, we're up to me, and um, I'm I'm picking another old movie. <laughs> um, I'm picking another movie from the seventies, which is um, actually the, another one. I'm not sure if Jaron's seen, so I'm, I don't know if I'm getting his vote this episode <laughs> with three in a row. But um, this is was number three on my board from the start, so I'm glad to still have it here. And I am taking Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven. Mm. Oh, quiet! Hey. Wow. I tried I'm, to watch that last night. It's not oh, available really? anywhere. It's not available anywhere, I've got, man. I've got that imprint yeah. Blu-ray, you know. It's very oh, there, you there you go. Um, I got the wiki page pulled up of all the best cinematography winners and seeing Days of Heaven. It, it beat the Deer Hunter? Wow. Yeah, that's I, fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, no, you haven't Perfectly. seen fucking Days of Heaven, all right? The um, Deer Hunter, yeah, man. Come on. All right, Days whatever. of Heaven uh, yeah. is... Oh. Whatever, keep going. I thought you were going to say something, but you just sighed. Um, All right, Days of Heaven, yeah. Um, It was sort of one of the first films to really, like, popularize Magic Hour. Almost the entire thing is shot at Magic Hour before films like La La Land taught us young film bro teenagers about sunsets. Um, Again, it's a film that I'm maybe not as huge on uh, in terms of the story and narrative, but the images in this thing really just put you in such a trance, which is such, like, you know, commonplace for a Terrence Malick film to do. But I think this one I like even more than some of his more recent ones. It feels so gritty and real and lived in, and I just could not take my eyes off of it while watching it. And it is a very deserved winner, uh, despite the Deer Hunter outrage that we're getting in the chat right now. Um, <laughs> yes, both, fine. I, Deer Hunter is a better film. I, I like Deer Hunter more as a film, but in terms of cinematography, I'm taking Days of Heaven every day. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's it's definitely one that I wish Terrence Malick had won more cinematography Oscars when it comes to like Thin Red Line or Tree of Life or any of those movies because he's one of my favorite directors. So, but Days of Heaven is one of the absolute most beautiful movies ever made in terms of capturing the beauty of that landscape, which I'm slightly impartial to as someone from the Midwest. So it's really it's always nice yeah. to just to see that hey, Western U.S. gang. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I've, I'm glad I've got Hunter Seal of Prover, and I wish uh, Days of Heaven was more readily available online for Jaron to, to watch. Um, <laughs> that is true. It is true. It should be. So, um, I've taken three Hunter movies. Hunter, are you going to take two more Hunter movies? <laughs> I'm hoping to take more movies of mine. I mean, it's just getting a little bit crazy here. Okay, I got two picks. All right. Well, I will take two more movies that I absolutely adore and that are deserved winners in their year. The first one. I took JFK, which is a movie of the 90s. I'm going to stick in the 90s. I'm going to be a movie that cemented one of the strongest director-cinematographer collaborations of the past 30 years, and that is Schindler's List in yeah. terms oh, of good one. Good one. I knew you were going with that. Sticking with, yes, Steven Spielberg and Janusz Kaminski coming together, one of the most distinctive visual styles forever of the last, you know, modern filmmaking. But even though this is the only movie they've shot that was in black and white and 
but also with a bit of color. And that's one of the things about it. It's the color to black and white transition is impeccable and it perfectly fits the visual language of the film. The opening tracking shot following Liam Neeson's character, the turning of his sim, the, the unfortunately the the blood and the snow mixing together and all that. It's some of the most like uh, I don't um, upsetting Using the red of the girls the girls' dress exactly in that scene in black and white. One, yes. her. I also I really respect it's the fact that. They did a throwback and they actually shot in negative 35 mil instead of shooting mm-hmm. in color and then um, like bending it to black and white. That's really impressive yes. also. Except yes, for that one scene, those... obviously. Yeah. yeah and it just used the black and white so well too. It's done with a purpose. It's not just because, oh, it's war. Let's use black and white. Like it, yeah. it really warrants it. It is the one of the most visually upsetting films ever. And that is part of the narrative of the film. And that's one of the things I love. Of, Are love you going to go... It. Are you going to go double Spielberg Kaminsky with your next pick? <laughs> you could. Oh. Uh, I could. <laughs> I could. I was thinking about it, but I don't want to double dip too much on this one. So I don't know what I'm going to pick. I think at this point, man, eh, no, I'm going to go here with, all right. This might be a little unpopular for what it for what it beat out maybe or what wasn't nominated, but I'm gonna stick with World War II here, and I think this actually was one of the most beautiful movies of the last I don't know however many years you want to say it, and it was a shame that 99.9 percent of people could not watch it because it was on Netflix. I'm gonna go with actually All Quiet in the Western Front from last year. Oh shit! Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're right. That should have won Best Cinematography. That was the best. Okay, it was fucking beautiful Thank film. You. Beautiful film. I think that was one of those. I saw it in the theater to watch it, and that was one of the movies. I As think it was I, just me yeah. and one other person, and just every single frame of that movie is impeccably made, well made. And again, just like JFK and Apocalypse Now, the absolute chaos of it is captured so beautifully where it terms you see the beauty of this world and how we are destroying it so much with this pointless war. The long takes about it, uh, the, just the scenery of it. Like, like Jacob said, the the any shot of the trees is just a revenant uh, ripoff a little bit. I'm like, yeah, there's a bit of that not quite in the Western Front, but it lives up to what it is. So I figured... I don't know if it'll win me any votes. Who knows? But I absolutely do want it because I actually I do love that movie so much. And just the whole All Quiet in the Western Front story, even the original 1930 movie, the book, it's been with I've kind of dabbled in all of it. And I think this is an excellent way to tell the story, especially visually as well, last year. So Yeah, fantastic pick. Um I, I thought I had something to say, but I don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's me That's now, isn't it? You know what? I might join you on taking a Netflix movie. I might join you in the modern day. Uh, well, there's a few films on top of my board. I think I was going. Haven't been nabbed yet. But uh, for me, this is the Netflix one to take. Also a film that I got to see in a theater. I'm taking Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. Yeah. I knew it. I it knew it. Mank. 50-50. Yeah. That is. Yeah. Yeah, because again, I got to see this in a theater. And if we ever do a 2010 sound design episode, that is going to be like my number one pick because, oh my God, oh, how sorry, amazing yes. is it? Yes. yes. And the, 
but the images are just as incredible. And uh, I wanted to have at least one black and white film on my list. And uh, once once Hunter Nab Schindler's list, I'm like, all right, I'd better I'd better lodge my my pick in there too. But uh, it's also the only um, film on the board so far that where the director did the cinematography himself, which is fucking mm. insane. I don't know yes. how he managed to juggle that and wear all those different hats on the film, but you you wouldn't think so watching it. It's all just so one immersive vision and um yeah it's incredible the use of long takes the bravery to really let the audience um follow it along and it's so calming you really feel like you're there with them and um i was never bored for a second in this film despite the um lack of a, a real um propulsive plot or anything but uh yeah uh, one of my favorite movies of the 2010s and uh one of the best looking ones mm-hmm. yeah it's, yeah, it's that was that was the one I did not get to see that in theaters at that time, and I absolutely regret that choice. Now, if I that's one of my dreams in life is to buy a theater for my own self, you know, personal, and then this would be one of the first <laughs> movies I watched, so I can amend that. But I did watch it, you know, at home on a big TV, and like you said, the sound design of that movie, I know that's not what we're voting on here, but is absolutely impeccable. I watched it with these headphones on, and it is yeah, just had to bring one of the most meticulously crafted movies that you wouldn't normally think of. You know, you think of like Dune and Blade Runner and, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front are like, yeah, of course they're immaculately crafted. It's like, no, this small kind of story is one of the just perfectly made movies of the last 10 years, five years, 100 years, whatever you want to call it. It's just surprisingly Amazing. Genuinely, when I was watching it in the theater, I thought people were, I kept thinking people were making noises behind me, but it, no, it was just the sound design. It's, it literally scared the shit out of me. I watched it because I watched it like 10 o'clock at night, with all the lights off because I want to appreciate it. And I was like, it's like someone breaking into my house or something. Like, what the hell's going on? It's like, no, the movie's just that great. You're just having like out of body experiences watching it. So. All right. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, like, I wonder who I'm gonna vote for in this whole this draft. <laughs> I'm going for the hunter yeah. vote, but I might be losing some other people's <laughs> yeah, votes. But um, true. Again, I'm not. I'm not chasing the hunter vote. These are my my picks. No, no. Uh, I, all right, Tyler. There's, there's no wrong answers in this draft. That's the good thing as well. What do you got next for us, Tyler? I will say really quick about Roma is that um, it was like it's probably like the only Netflix original I've ever seen where I watched it twice in one day and that one day was the day it released on netflix wow so nice um yeah and honestly jacob i should thank you for uh for choosing roma because i was back and forth between that and another (laughs) film um it's also oddly enough it's uh it's also an alfonso Cuarón movie and it's his 2013 film Ah. gravity um hell yes that (laughs) i mean I remember watching this movie. I was in eighth grade when this movie came out. So like 13, 14 years old. And I, I thought the trailer looked terrible, but then I, I heard it got really good reviews. So I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. And then I saw it and it was like one of my all time favorite movies for like a couple of years. Um, it's a beautifully shot film. I'd say like the, the use of like long tracking shots is it done very effectively, especially during that opening scene. And like, we follow, you know, um, uh, Ryan and uh, uh, George Clooney's character, whatever his uh, his name is, I think his name is like Madison Mikowalski, and just like seeing them go around and then, like you know trying to get ready for a debris storm that's uh, that's about to come through, and then you know next thing you know the debris storm you know shreds into pieces, and next thing you know Ryan's off you know floating in space, and then get that long you know, that long shot of you know of her floating around, and it's just when it comes to like, if you're going to make a movie like based on like, you know, a series of long tracking shots, I'd say you got to go with gravity. And it's, it's one it, of the, there's no other way the to say it. Best uses of marrying cinematography with CGI. 
the way everything oh, yeah, flows that in too. that, it, it mm-hmm. still looks better than like 90% of films co- that come out today from a visual effects standpoint and the way they were able to just make that so seamless. Uh, pretty high on my list too. And uh, we're running out of Lubeski picks on the board. <laughs> And I, I'm actually with you on it being like one of my all-time favorite movies when it came out. And I still have screenshots from Jaron getting upset with me for saying it was no, my number one of the year because he didn't like it as much. Um, I was very upset. Uh, uh, time would prove me right because it's no longer your number one of 2013, correct? No, but in cinematography it would be. Time would prove me correct. <laughs> We're talking about the film. I wasn't yeah. getting mad at you having the cinematography at the top, was I? <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. I'll have to dig through the receipts again, but yeah, maybe. I dare you too. <laughs> All right, speaking of receipts, Jaren I didn't Jaren's know what got... cinematography was in 2013. All right, uh, let's get into this. To um, close out your list with two picks? Yes. Uh, so I am going to take one that was uh, like in my top three. I just knew that it probably, well, I was banking on it not getting taken. Um, so I could, I wanted to get these three more like uh, modern day ones so I could get this one later. But um, I am taking Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans by F.W. Murnau. Ooh. It's the first film. I literally saw that you watched that like yesterday. <laughs> yes, and it is absolutely Hell incredible. Yeah. I've, it's it been is. on my watch list for nice. so long. But um, Carl Struss is like the granddaddy of DOPs. He's incredible. Like Deacons studies this man. And I think this film is famous for, and I think it definitely is has earned it, for like these cinematic innovations. Like the, the cinematography, I think um, Charles Rocher – was his camera operator. Um, there were like a team and Carl Struss was the DP. And that's like the first time really back then that this kind of happened because Carl Struss had these such such these big ideas like, oh my God, putting a fucking camera wow. on a track and rolling around and following uh-huh. these characters never happened before. But it's not just that. They also used rear projection for the first time in cinemas. They were taking such these big risks, these huge swings and tracking through rear projection, a rear projection is like, fucking incredible they basically used like a um uh, a treadmill and put the tracker on that and then had them walk past the rear projection so it looked like they were going through the fucking jungle because they couldn't actually um take it out there back then the cameras were too fucking big but oh my god it's 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 so sumptuous um i think the bulk of the story also leans into murnau's signature style which we know is like german expressionism that kind of leans in there as well the way he bends shadows and uses silhouettes um they also do something which I think is incredible and it's done in more experimental films, not really in old films, but um, they did it here, which is where they actually play with the celluloid. They degraded it a lot when the characters were in their headspace of like kind of losing their mind. And then at one point they shot something and they completely overexposed the celluloid so they could physically layer them up and have like this crossfade where this way it's, it's iconic. This one character sitting in a chair and he's dreaming about the girl that he loves. And then in another frame, they completely lined it up. So she was like standing behind him and hugging him from behind completely shot separately from each other, but overexposed and the celluloid was layered and it is fucking perfect. Um, I don't know how, they did it. Um, we don't get enough films in this 120 by 1 aspect ratio and shooting in a 16 negative is just like you couldn't do it these days. It's kind of impossible. So Sunrise had such was, – was like an eye-opener for me. It was fucking beautiful uh, and that's why, yeah, I'm going to take that one. Right on. That, that's one for the watch list for all of us, I think, from right. Jaren. Yeah. Um, what are you going to – It's 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 a great pick. I've seen it. It's one of yeah, those oh, – like... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, yeah, I looked up the uh, best cinemat- – the looking at the wiki page for best cinematography, like – this the fact this is the first film to win that. It says a lot, and that's a mm-hmm. really big deep cut. So I think yeah, I might add it to my watch list too. 
Yeah, it's it's really hard to find, but um, the full thing is in 1080p HD on YouTube for free. So mm-hmm. you can find it on there. Um, oh, anyone that's find watching Sunrise and wants Song to see that. Humans, but not Days of Heaven. It's not yeah, on I YouTube. <laughs> I know. But it's I'm, I not, I'm not. I can. I, I can't even rent it from Apple. I have to buy it. I'm not fucking buying something to leave on the cloud. Yeah. Like get fucked. Yeah, no. I'm with you there. <laughs> so you know, maybe I'll find it on the high seas at some point. Anyway, uh, let's get into my last pick. I'm gonna stop waffling so much because I think I've padded this runtime too much. So I'll, I'll do this one short and sweet. But I'm taking David Lean's 57 masterpiece Bridge on the River Kwai. Yeah, um, nice. But- this wanted movie, to watch yeah. it, but didn't have the time. This is one of my favorite films of all time. And uh-huh. I think the cinematography is a big reason why. Again, using cinematography into the narrative, a big theme of my list. They used these 35 millimeter anamorphic um, celluloid for pretty much everything except for the wides. They use a 70. Um, and they were pretty much like the first film ever to use the CinemaScope aperture cameras. Um, it looks absolutely glorious. And... The compositions, I think it's one of the most well-composed visually films of all time. The way they use the POW camp, like the full extent of it on the 75 mil from up on the hill and kind of juxtapose the power dynamics by having like this imbalanced frame, all of the POWs on the left side and then the um, uh, their, their captors on the right side is incredible. They did these... 12 minute tracking shots which is the most you can do with celluloid input like they they ran the cameras until they wouldn't run anymore um which no one was really doing back then anyway especially not on location like this was shot um it has some of the best close-ups of all time um and the way they use the sun like using the sun um out in the environment is so impressive because like i said earlier with the revenant you kind of need to use corner light but they leaned into the fact that there wasn't a lot of um a lot of uh contrast here and they had these guys baking they looked like they were all like were a day away from getting melanoma and they were all sweaty they were all bathed in yellow <laughs> and they used that to their advantage and yeah this movie's beautiful Big fan of sweaty movies, so you've yes. sold me mm-hmm. with big, that big sweaty movie guy. And I, no, I have it's... been educating myself on Lean this year, so it's very, very close coming up on mm-hmm. my watch list. I think that one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, should be. It, it's definitely one of those again, like just big canvas sweeping, you know, cinematography and everything. This again, David Lean's one that actually is so the well. best ever to do it. Yeah, to yes, do it. Yeah. But also never loses sight of like the characters and it's the whole POWs and the Japanese uh, characters and everything. The characters are always just as important to the frame as the big vistas and the you know the the bridge part of the movie. So hundred percent, yeah. It's 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 never losing capturing sight of what's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capturing that bridge explosion <laughs> in camera in frame, that real explosion. Um, no mm-hmm. no CG or practical effects is something that nothing had ever been done before. And um, unless you're like fucking uh, Nolan, you ca- you still can't do it to this day. <laughs> but it's yeah. Incredible. All right, and now Tyler, your what are you going to close your list out with? Okay, um, yeah, I'll I'm going to go with a film that's uh, from old Hollywood, just to say, you know, I got one on here. Um, and when I think of old Hollywood, you know, I like to think of musicals because I know those were in the prime uh, back in the day. And I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the musical that uh, sold me just by watching the first seven minutes of it and that is the original west side story yeah um like hell yes yeah that was on my movie, list too. up there for yeah, me as well it's uh i mean i think there's only two i think if it's if you're gonna make a movie musical and needs draw influence on how to shoot it i say the two movies that you need to watch are singing in the rain and this one because yeah from what i remember from the original west side story is that you know it's it's colorful 
and in the camera and the cinematography moves with uh, the choreography. I mean, I look back to, you know, the opening, the opening scene, the prologue of the, in that opening scene. I remember uh, when we first get introduced to the sharks, like the, the, not sharks, the jets, the very first shot, like it's like a, it's like a bird's eye looking down and then it zooms in on them. And then it cuts that close with them, just tough guy snapping. And uh, it's, uh, but yeah, it's a, and I remember like there's a great moment like that. Another one, when uh, Tony and Maria first meet in the gym, what I remember about that is that, you know, of course you got everyone dancing, then out, then out of nowhere, you see the two lock eyes and like everything else in the shot blurs out except for them. And I always thought that was really, really cool. And I still know how they do that to this day, but it's just, it's amazing. And so I, that's my last pick. I'm going with the original West Side Story. That's coming up for me also. <laughs> As well, if your DP's last name is Fap, you know it's probably going to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, yeah, that's coming I'm, up for me. I'm going to say, Tyler, I would have bet my life savings that you would have taken 1917 in your draft, and you didn't. How does that I, happen? He took it in the character draft, but not the cinematography. That's one. what I'm saying. I, I, I was like, can, can we acknowledge the I, character draft in this one? Chronology. He took yeah, a character yeah. in that draft, not the cinematography. I, oh I will say, I, I, I was considering 1917, but uh, I, I kind of played it off of like you know, picking a movie where you know, like, uh, I was I was between that and like gravity on how to do like long takes and I had to choose between one or the other and I chose gravity on that one. So, Man. but yeah, 1917 was an honor mission for me for sure. So he threw me for a curveball in, in the best way possible. I am not a betting man and I am glad <laughs> because I lose money. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that's an awesome pick and it's the cinematography and the visual is my favorite thing about that movie. It's absolutely incredible to look at. Um. All right, this is this is fucked. I still have so many of my top picks left, and I genuinely do not know what to choose to close my list yet. I've got. I could also pick a film that I took in the character draft. Actually, I could take some something modern. I could take something no one's seen just to prevent Jaron from going on another TED talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, the Pazuzu TED talk was one for the books. All right, thank you. Oh no, the, yeah, no. So I'm not saying I don't enjoy them. Um, oh God, I, I seriously Seems have five like saying that, that. I equally want to pick, <laughs> but I'm going to take something more modern to balance out the list. I'm going to go with There Will Be Blood. Okay. There yeah, that was high for me. I was right. also yeah. wondering when that one would get taken. The C-series Panavision cameras are fucking mm. incredible. Yeah, so Jaron dropping the C-series yeah, reference. Say, wait, they're so um... good. <laughs> they're, they're not used very much. They're amazing. Look, I'm not going to have a speech about C-series because like, I don't know what a C-series camera <laughs> is, but I do know that that is a great-looking fucking movie. Another one that uh, you know produces a lot of great sweaty dudes, and not only sweaty dudes, but oil-covered mm -hmm. dudes. That movie mm -hmm. is scorching in more, more ways than one. All the shots with the oil derricks in the background are so uh, striking, and there's just such a great Duma aesthetic over the whole thing. And um, look, there were three incredibly shot westerns in 2007 only one of them could win that oscar the one that didn't win i actually think has probably the best cinematography of all time the assassination of jesse james shout out roger deakins but uh look if that can't win i'm happy it was there will be blood because it is one of the best looking movies ever and one that i think um has has to be taken at some point in this episode but i'm gonna have some passionate honorable mentions too hunter we're down to you final pick what do i want to do here it's two movies, and I was pretty sure, and I was correct that they were on nobody's list, which is fine. Hey, you never know. There's, a lot of, there's so many. There's so many to pick from. Anyway, it's not a dig against anybody. It's just I was 
pretty sure I could leave them till the end and not get sniped on this one. But it's one of these movies where we're going to bookend this with two movies that very much do you know similar things. La La Land is the modern equivalent of it. It is the one that is taking inspiration from this movie, and I'm going to end it with the movie that almost started it all. Maybe not started, but like just pioneered it and made it as grand it is, and that's Technicolor, and that is An American in Paris in terms of nice. if you want a movie that just uses color in the most like – I want to say flamboyant, but just bold ways imaginable that is just an absolute just orgasmic amount of color on a screen that is not hurting your eyes and is so <laughs> fun to look at. And just part of the joyous movie musical experience is that one. It is not my absolute favorite movie musical, but I think it's one of my favorite shot ones ever in terms of the 15-minute ending sequence where there is no dialogue at all. It is just dancing around these huge glorious sets and there's so much and there's no nothing is muted it is the most popping eye eye visuals colors you've ever seen i think it's captured wonderfully in there and i think it's exactly what la la land was going for and almost beat it and captured it absolutely beautifully but i i want to pick where it all started from that's an awesome. Yeah. I haven't shout out to our friend Jack Renaud who's been telling me to watch this for years and oh. I haven't. I'm so sorry, but um, it, it's Manelli, right? American <laughs> in Paris. Yes, Vincente yeah, Manelli, who's he- also one of the one of the great just directors of where to place the camera and even black and white. He won for the Bad and the Beautiful, which is an amazingly shot movie as well. And you know, it's he almost dark black and white better than and just this about one anyone all from that up. period. Unfortunately, he won for also another movie, movie musical called Gigi, which is a terrible <laughs> movie, but it is well shot. And actually, not is really. That one ben Affleck and J Lo. You know what? Honestly, <laughs> they're on the same level in terms of my books, but but Gigi is the bad example of like the colors are so bold and it's kind of hurtful to the eyes and it doesn't work at all. American Paris is perfectly coordinated somehow. And it just it just is so fun to look at. It's just kind of how you can have you make fun into a color and, it, and just put it on the screen. And it's great. Awesome pick. Oh, yeah. Really need to check that one out. And that is it for another draft, an exhausting draft. And I generally had to think harder about this one than the last one we did because um, there's just so many great picks to choose from. I'm excited for the honorable mentions on this app. But first, Jaron, yeah. do you want to recap your list? What did you pick? How did you feel about it? Yeah, so I've got La La Land, The Revenant, Inception, Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, and Bridge on the River Kwai. Um, I wanted to represent five DPs. I wanted to represent um, a variety of cameras and lenses for like my sensibilities. I do think there's some recurring themes with how I like my deep, my uh, cinematography to be in the films, um, but I really do like it. Maybe I went a little bit too contemporary but I uh, it, for the first three picks, but I really love the way that people have been experimenting with cinematography in the past 15 years um and yeah that's that's why i've done that tyler all right so my five picks again are dune blade runner 2049 titanic gravity and the original west side story um i will say another reason why i didn't pick 1917 as an honor mention is because i didn't Mm -hmm. want to double dip into roger deakins um but uh but yeah i think my picks are all great i mean dune you want to talk about a movie that uh that you can either that either makes a painting or can tell a thousand words. That's Dune. If you want to see a movie that's very colorful, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You want to see a movie that integrates so many other technical aspects in a film. Watch Titanic. 
you want to watch a movie that has a lot of that makes great use of like one long track a series of long tracking shots you got gravity and of course if you're you know if you want to incorporate music and musicals check out west side story Oh, yeah. All right, I've got Lawrence of Arabia, Barry Lyndon, Days of Heaven, Roma, and There Will Be Blood. I didn't go in with this mentality, but I think I've gone in with a lot of films that really favor long takes and natural lighting and things like that, where you can really soak in and let the images breathe. And I guess that's the stuff that's just really memorable to me. And I uh, got it gone with a real old school flavor. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff I love there. But um, yeah, no, no, no real theme. Just a great list of movies that I think look very cool. No, I don't know if any of them use that C series camera besides um, There Will Be Blood, but I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe Roma, I don't know. All right, Hunter, what do you got? All right, I have Apocalypse Now, JFK, Schindler's List, All Quiet the Western Front, 2022, and American in Paris. I've uh, went definitely with the list that it favors the types of film that I want, where it's big, epic filmmaking, where, you know, I think all these movies are three hours or two and a half hours or longer <laughs> and are uh, huge sets and big topics and everything like that. And I think that's one of the most favorite films of mine, but also the best way to get you entranced in these, these huge stories is by the visuals. Just a great shot. will just, you know, just grab a hold of you and bring you into a film and a story. And I think all of these do it perfectly. And I think I captured like Coppola, Oliver Stone, Spielberg, even Minnelli a little bit are like some of the most visual directors of all time and know how to, how to use that idea to make some of the most sweeping imaginative and just absorbing films that I've seen as well. So I'm very happy with mine. Even, even if some other ones I wanted were on other people's lists, very happy. (laughs) All right. So we are going to go in reverse draft order with some honorable mentions. Hunter, do you want to kick us off there? I'm sure you've got a few. Oh yeah. Uh, Sticking with what I just said, uh, big epic films like, um, Jacob said really early when I took a Pogstown, Vittorio Storaro shot The Last Emperor, which is one of my absolute favorite movies as well. I was I was like, I don't think many people have seen it, so I wasn't thinking about the vote gets, and I didn't want to double dip on Storaro if I was already doing Pops now. But I think just like American Paris is actually my 50-50 use of color in films. That one, The Forbidden City of China is just so beautiful to look at, and the, the, the drapes, the colors, the costumes is so well uh shot uh the third man which i always very to high be or- on my list i always confused Same. to be an orson welles film just because of how well shot it is i was like oh he did citizen king he must have done third man i was like no no that's somebody else and he's and he's the lead <laughs> that, exactly that where he's like oh and he's in it too of course and it's like no no it's not so but that doesn't stop how beautiful it is and just like um jaren said with like a sunrise a song of two humans it's just like you think of at that time in cinema history to be able to do this kind of stuff with the camera is just so well, uh, you know, just crazy. I was like, it's one of those things I was like, damn, I would love to see it at the time and see how people reacted to it or how I would have reacted to seeing that. Just your eyes would have widened. I think the DP uh, that's Australian too. Well, there you go. Shout out Robert uh, Carrasco. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see what other ones are looking at. Gone with the Wind was another one. If you want to talk about big ones, it's fine. Uh, Birdman, I kind of did think, you know, long takes. I thought I wasn't ready to jump on it as well. Saving Private Ryan was another one, but I got in the case of, oh, I'm not going to double dip on Spielberg Kaminsky. So there's only so much I could do on that one. And 
again, I wasn't going to triple dip on Vittorio Storaro, but Reds, the Warren Beatty film, is absolutely one of my favorite films ever as well. And that is another three-hour-plus-long movie that is incredibly shot between, I think, all four seasons. I mean, there's summer, the Russian winter, spring in New York, fall, summer. It is incredible, but... I don't know how many people have seen that movie. So I've I, seen I Red. Like, That's actually the film I was referencing at the start of the show when I brought okay, up um, Vittorio Storaro. I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 one of my absolute favorite movies that I will that I I, I do as a test. So if people say they like that movie, I'm like, oh, all right, we're gonna be good. If you know what that movie is <laughs> and if you've seen it and you liked it. We know it we're gonna be best actually. Friend. It's back there. Somewhere. You're better than me. I don't own it. You're better than me. So <laughs> fake, fake Reds fan. Fake Reds I, fan. Exactly. The, all you know, six of us. I'm a fake one. <laughs> so yes. All right. Those are some. Again, all of those were big, huge, epic films. That's just the stuff I love. All right, I've got some here. Again, there were probably four or five that I equally would have liked to take as much as there will be blood. The third man was one of them. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, I was very close mm-hmm. to taking. Um, again, I think it was a, like a, such a great intersection in time when blockbusters were becoming more commonplace, but they were still shot like real fucking movies. And that movie is mm-hmm. just incredible to look at. Um, that was, that was Tiger, the hard, hard one so much because all the shots I think of Lord of the Rings are from like Return of the King. Like it's not the same movie, yeah. but it's like it's the same production, so it kind of like take it. I was like, I don't know. I can't believe so, Return of the King didn't get nominated either. That's it's crazy. Still, That's the one that won all the awards too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's it's weird. crazy. Academy Awards are acting weird that year, man. I anyway, they were they were hating. Dude. They were hating. They're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> they hated it as much as they could give it like eight Oscar wins. <laughs> I know. They're like, you know, we're gonna we're just gonna spite you in this one area, and then we'll go. Keep what else you got, Jacob? I don't know what the hell happened there. Oh, yeah. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is up there for me. Another film I'm not mm-hmm. huge yes. on, but it's just visually on another level, pulling from like Wuxia and all those old Hong Kong action movies and stuff. Uh, Black Narcissus, if I was just mm. going pure, like objective, what I think is the best, but like, I don't know if anyone's seen. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. love the movie, but Pal and Pressburger are so, so good with color. Um, the Red Shoes, I don't think won, but I would have picked that if it won. Um, but Black Narcissus is an incredible looking movie that blends images with matte paintings and has amazing color and everything. And just a few more, uh, Cabaret, which I think beat The Godfather, which probably upset some people, but I think it, um, if... if Bob Fosse's musicals in general are just uh-huh. so, so amazing to look at playing with lights. Uh, and uh, two more, Pan's Labyrinth and Ben-Hur are the last ones. I'll oh, Pan's Labyrinth, there. okay. All right. I know. Tyler. The, the Red Sh- both The Red Shoes and The Godfather are not even nominated for Best Cinematography, that which is Red Shoes like... Red nominated? Fucking hell. The biggest <laughs> bullshit in the history of the category, almost, in terms of that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm the Godfather hater, and I think that should have been fucking nominated, oh, yeah. at least. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tyler, you got some mentions for us? Uh, I got three. Uh, one of which you guys already know, 1917. Probably don't need yes. much detail for that. <laughs> uh, I also had Saving Private Ryan on my radar uh, to pick. Um, <laughs> and then another one that I have is uh, is Life of Pi by, from Ang Lee. I think mm-hmm. this movie also came out in 2012, around a time where I started really getting into, you know, being watching film from a, you know, a, cinephile standpoint and life of pi the cinematography in that oh my gosh it's 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 something else i know a lot of people you know tend to crap on that one that movie too for whatever reason but that movie it's you know it's it's shot beautifully lit beautifully the shot where like where pi is like sitting on that on that um that raft like outside the boat and like and it looks like he's like sitting in the sky 
but he's really sitting in the water. It's I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, Life of Pi, Saving Private Ryan, and Nine Seventeen were my own mentions. Yeah, Private Ryan was really close for me as well. The but Schindler is the Yanis Kaminsky pick for me. Uh, Jaron closes mm-hmm. out with some more mentions. Yeah, the one that had been said that would have been my mention that came very close was Pan's Labyrinth. Um, my other ones mm-hmm. are. Um, uh, I'm a huge. I know most people aren't. I'm a huge Mank guy. Um, Eric Messerschmidt is one of my oh, favorite. Mank um, squad. Is, yes, bro. Uh, Eric Messerschmidt <laughs> is one of my favorite working DPs. Uh, probably top three, and that movie is beautiful. Uh, on the so waterfront, I love. Just on what? that. Oh, just uh, I want to say to you, Jaron, uh, the killer is in Hunter's top 100 of all time. So I yes. think oh, you want to earn some respect what? for that man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. Hunter, I, the- I actually did a video oh essay on the killer on gosh. YouTube. It's only like six okay. minutes long. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to I'm you. Too you are the two it. biggest the killer called, fans I know. So it's called it's, Why the Killer's Perfect. Anyway, and you answered the question that because it is perfect. And yes, I remember when you said early in the draft, you're like, oh, they they shot it in black and white and they didn't shoot in color and then turn to black mm-hmm. and white it's like oh no he's slandering mank no nope nope he's not he's no, on no, no, no. the team it shouldn't have won though a big mank guy it definitely should have and you're an idiot um on the <laughs> yeah, waterfront I, nomadland butch cassidy and the sundance kid um i uh, really like hugo i think is glorious to look at mm. um yeah. so is shane and to catch a thief and before I close it off, I just want to have like five seconds of silence for an in memoriam for a Top Gun Maverick because that should have fucking been here and it should have been on my fucking list. <laughs> Jacob, don't say a word. I will reach through the screen and slap you in the hey, face. Look, hey, look, I have it my snub been here. that year too. All right, it the Batman. Been on my we list. both have our snubs no. that should have won. I, so. I, I can't say anything because I did take all quiet in the western front so <laughs> no that's that was a glorious movie too if top gun wasn't winning i was i, I also had um uh th- that as winning if because top gun wasn't there so that's also mm-hmm. great but mm-hmm. top gun should have been on my list i miss you buddy anyway that's me all right and uh, another long episode you know where you we're, we're just getting too attached to our topics here but i've had a great time with this one and now it's time for the hard the hardest part it's time to vote jaron you're back on the clock mm. who are you taking yeah, um, mine's. Uh, I know that it's the hardest part. Mine's kind of um, pretty easy, actually. Um, firstly, I'll say, unfortunately, just because of the volume of films I haven't seen, I can't choose Jacob's list. I haven't seen your I, first yeah. three, even I though I did try to see totally Days of Heaven. Um, I'm also not that huge on Roma, if I can be honest. But There Will Be Blood oh. was in my top ten. There Will Be Blood is incredible. Um, and Roma's very – it's good – yeah, it's good looking. I don't know if it should have won that year, but it is good looking. Um, Tyler, Oh, look, your the list... favorite should have won that year, but, like, you know, yes. Roma's still oh, a the good, favorite's <laughs> a good choice. And this is going to give it away, but, um, Tyler, your list is also um, very good. I'm not huge on um, gravity. I think that it's the cinematography is kind of carried a bit by the blend of VFX. Titanic is great. West Side Story is great. So are your first two, but, I mean th- – if you if you showed me a frame of both of them side by side, they kind of like look like the same film. I could probably like big Technicolor like wide films, Dune and Blade Runner, but they both are glorious. Enough. But I think they're 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 overly saturated in in yellow and um, red. I like a little bit of sporadicism, which is why I'm going Hunter's List because I got my top five, which is La La Land, Revenant, Sunrise, River Quiet, Inception, and then um, Apocalypse Now and JFK and Schindler's List was six, seven, nine. Um, so he got three of the top 10 that I couldn't get. 
Um, all Quiet on the Western Front, like I've talked about before, was huge for me. I thought it was one of the best looking movies of the 2020s. Shouldn't have um, lost Top Gun, but it is there. <laughs> and then I I also haven't seen An American Paris, even though I've seen everything on Tyler's. Um, but I think the beauty of cinematography is that even though it's a visual medium, having it explained to me as well, I can paint the picture in my head. And I think he really talked really beautifully about An American Paris. And I really want to see it and just the way that he talked about like mirroring it to some of the films I've picked and some of the techniques they used and the colors they used makes me really want to see it. So I can respect that pick too. So I'm going after. All right. Now All right. Tyler. Thank you. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is kind of tough. Cause like on each of your guys' list, I've seen three of the five movies. Um, <laughs> so this will, this isn't going to be easy. Um, Hunter, I, you got a great setup too. Um, I I haven't seen JFK, but I added it to my watch list uh, earlier this year. Um, and American in Paris, I I mean, I could probably add it on there too, but that didn't quite sell me. Um, Jacob, uh, I got Barry Lyndon on my watch list for a while. Um, Days of Heaven, I mean, I I guess I could add that on there, but honestly, Jaron, I'm gonna go with you just because the way you talked about each of these movies really got me invested and like you really i feel like you really know you really know your craft and like you really sold all of these especially sunrise song of two humans a movie i've never heard of and apparently it's the first film ever to win this category so Mm -hmm. and the fact that you picked that really stood out to me so i'm my votes to jaron Thank you very much. I'm glad I watched that last night. It's incredible. <laughs> Everyone watch it. It's on YouTube. You but haven't, thank you so much. You haven't <laughs> seen JFK, Berlin, or Days of Heaven? I don't want your vote, then. If you haven't seen those, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, my God. I think, I think Tyler's the smartest man on the podcast. That was uh, a great thing he just said. You don't, you don't have to buy his vote. He already gave it to you. You can say your real feelings now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just... I mean, he votes for... Votes for Jaron after Jaron just criticized his list too. I yeah, love that I didn't criticize. Oh, these are these are the best of the best. These <laughs> are Oscar winners. Both all of his films are fucking better than Roma. Anyway, um, oh, Jacob. Oh, oh, I would say I was. I, but I'm just personally offended on the behalf of the film. The true the true <laughs> best winner of 2018, as we mentioned, that's Cold War. That's you know that's oh, that's yeah, a right that's there a too. That's a good pick too. Yeah, I knew. Like, I, I'd, I'd go yeah. the favorite, but those those are my those, those are the top three. But, but uh, that's, uh, we that's, digress. That's, <laughs> that's one of the best. That's one of the best like lineups of ever. I've I've seen. You got Roma, Cold War, The Favorite, A Star Is Born, and even Never Look Away, which is a movie that really doesn't exist, but I've seen it. it's a beautiful movie. All right, it's Jacob, just, vote for Tyler or Hunter. Go. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna like, um, like work my way up to it a bit, but I will be voting for Tyler or Hunter. Um, Jaron, Revenant and La Land, two top dog picks for me. I genuinely didn't expect La Land to go that early. Inception, I didn't really think about, but you sold me on it beautifully. And the other two, I sadly haven't seen, but you also mm-hmm. sold me on them. If I'm going for who gave the best speeches, I'm voting for Jaron in this episode. <laughs> well, true, um, yes. In terms that, of like, yeah, yeah. No doubt. bringing and understanding the assignment, but it's between Tyler and Hunter for me. And it is very, very close. Me and Hunter kind of did the exact same strategy with this, with our lists. But Tyler's list, despite me not being as many modern ones, they're all like absolute bangers for me. Gravity, I'm a big champion of. I think it's one of the most fucking underrated movies of the 2010s. West Side Story was up there for me. Um, Blade Runner 2049, very much up there for me. Um, And Hunter's list is just five epic bangers. I haven't seen an American in Paris, but I've been meaning to for such a long time. But um. 
It's close. It is genuinely close, but I'm going with Hunter uh, for the second week in a row. Oh. Um, Apocalypse Now, I don't really lo- love that film, but it was in my top five. <laughs> and the only thing from my top five that actually got taken on the episode, I think. Um, oh, The Revenant would have been pretty close. But um, yeah, Shin's List, I was, I was pretty close to taking. All Quiet in the West Front, amazing pick. JFK was on my board. It's just uh, wall-to-wall absolute bangers. And if I'm being the boomer picking all the old shit, I'm going with Hunter <laughs> on that one as well. And uh, close us out, Hunter, who are you going to be voting for? Oh, thank you for your vote, Chef. I'm, I'm very happy to do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously this was the cat. Or this is the... Um... Uh, a topic I picked, and I'm absolutely amazed with everybody's lineup, and I love this category so much in terms of the Oscars. I think it is, like Jaren said at the very beginning, the most, like, kind of, of all the craft categories that you can talk about and people just know about, but it's the absolute reason as to why movies are movies is the way they look. I think, Jaren, you covered literally La La Land, which is harking back to old, you know, Hollywood filmmaking, but then you also had Sunrise, which is literally how it almost all started, which Inception is doing visuals and you know the bridge and the river Kwai, Chris Nolan and David Lean have a lot of similar qualities and they like to do a lot yes, of stuff in definitely. camera and stuff like that Tyler really went like you know the most absolute the best versions of modern filmmaking in terms of blending visual effects and real people into these stories as well like Titanic, Gravity, Blade Runner all focus on very interesting characters and never lose sight of them, even if they're on these just grand scales with so many visual effects and everything that you can't even comprehend how they decided how it'd be shot. And then you got Jacob's List, where I'm showing my hand here. Lawrence Arabia and Barry <laughs> Lyndon were literally my number one and number two on my goddamn draft board. <laughs> this same bro. I'm just gonna, I'm not, I'm trying to, I was trying to be nice, but that was how it was. I was pissed when you took Lawrence Arabia, and I honestly did truly think I could wait a while for Barry Lyndon. And then he has stole it right for me. And I think Days of Heaven is how you, the absolute just, you know naturalistic lighting in films of you know the revenant used it almost incredibly well and terrence malick is how you use naturalistic lighting and, and no wonder that emmanuel lebesky works with terrence malick on like six movies together and obviously roma is one of the best looking black and white movies there ever is in modern day especially when that is more of a trend now for directors to be more black and white but i think if your director is using it you're using it for the right reasons and of course afonso Cuarón is one of the most visual directors visually impressive directors there is so i am voting for jacob in this one because i could honestly see me picking this exact five uh, and honestly i think roma and days of heaven were also in my top 10 so i think you have four of my top 10 so i have five in my nine of my top 10 are between jacob and my list right now it's like right now and- we are just mirrored together the the funny thing is, Hunter, I think me stealing your top two picks is what landed you Jaren's vote in the end because he hasn't seen those two <laughs> films and you ended up picking stuff he has seen. Thank you. So um, it, it, it worked true. out uh, as a double edged sword I, for you. I, I, I did. I didn't want to laugh right away because I didn't want to spoil. Because right when he said like J- Jaren said like oh I haven't seen some of Jacobs, I was like oh thank God I didn't pick them. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always going to pick those two. But Hunter, you have won oh, your yeah. second film draft in a row, and I think you've done something no guest has ever done is win outright on back-to-back appearances so you've actually i think usurped alex helmer as our most successful guest so far jaren's the stats man he can back me up on this but uh, Certainly. very yeah, very good that showing is, i i'm literally on text right now it's like get 
spent. <laughs> I got you, man. <laughs> Not even, didn't even, you know, came in, did my thing, walked out. I'm retiring from this. No, I'm kidding. That's be what back. he said he'd do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the same page there. No, I'll be back anytime you ask me. This has been absolutely phenomenal to talk about, and I'm glad to come out with the win on here. Yeah, Jacob, what the guys. fuck are we doing, man? We cannot win our own show. No, we yeah. haven't done it in a month. <laughs> we've we've lost four episodes in a row, I think. Yeah, oh, one in a row. So that that wow. I reckon in our early days, Jaron was winning like every single episode, basically. But um, I, I've oh, been yeah. getting like one vote an episode, which I'm okay with, honestly. There you it's go. been Same. liberating just to go for what you want to pick, and that's what Hunter did, and it won him the game. So uh, thanks again for coming on, uh, both you guys, Tyler. Thank you so much for suggesting a great topic last week, and again, you're two of our highlight guests. We've got some very special um, episodes coming up as we wrap up into award season and um, uh, the best of the year and everything. So we'd love to have you guys around for some of that stuff. But uh, Tyler, before we let you go, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tyler Banark Reviews Movies. You can also find me on Letterboxd at Ty Banark Movies. And uh, you can find check us out on uh, League of Cinephiles on YouTube and TLOC underscore Productions on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, of course, check out the yeah, check out the critic circle as well. I should have gone to Hunter first before you steal his um <laughs> his plugs again. But I've, no, Hunter, fine, like I, everybody, <laughs> I got I don't have to cover now. I could cover some other ones. Uh, you could find me at thecinemadispatch dot com on Instagram and Twitter, the same name. But at the time of this video uploading, the Minnesota Film Critics would be very close to announcing our nominees for the best of twenty twenty three. I feel like we were one of the best states of last year. We didn't do our own thing. We nominated Mia Goth for Pearl and our best nice. actress last year. That's how cool we are. <laughs> Let's see how cool we are going to be this year. So look forward to that one. Jaron, did we nominate <laughs> Mia Goth in our awards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe we did. There you yeah. go. And, uh, Only the Jaren cool and people I do it. Exactly. Jaron and I do an award show too, so look out for that. We didn't really have a name for it last year, but maybe we'll just call them the Film Draft Awards this time around. Yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, so lots of fun stuff coming. And have a good Christmas, because I think it's like Christmas Day when this episode comes out. <laughs> yep. uh, look at some pretty natural light and images for your uh, Christmas Ooh. celebrations. Uh, we'll do Christmas movies next year, I guess. Uh, you can. <laughs> this is, I think, our longest episode yet, but uh, I hope you've had a good time, as, as much fun listening to it as we have doing it. You can find me on instagram at jacob watches films i'm probably deep in my end of year award season bullshit on there you can find me on youtube at jacob cunningham i don't upload a lot but i do like doing some oscar predictions videos and i'd like to think i'm not too shabby at those and of course follow the podcast at the film draft subscribe to us on spotify and apple or wherever you get your podcast you can even find it on youtube if that's your bag uh jaron bring us home yeah, you pretty much said everything I wanted to say. Um, follow me at Just an Idea Productions everywhere or don't. I don't care. Um, but please go follow the film draft. Vote in the public vote because the public votes do go on the permanent record. They count as stats. And honestly, looking at Tyler's list, I think that's a public win waiting to happen because Dune and Blade Runner are loved by everyone. Um, and it's a, it's a fucking strong list. So uh, a panel vote is only one half of the voting system on here. Very excited to see uh, over the last two episodes what happens there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening this year. If you've been following us for a while, we really, really appreciate it. We just started this to to have some fun, and we've got quite the the little following now that we're we're really grateful for. Uh, thank you so much, Jacob. I love doing this with you, Tyler and Hunter. You guys have been two of the best guests we've had so far. Thank you for coming. We definitely on. don't say that to every single guest. Oh, there's, there's been a couple of guests where I'm like, you're fine. You were <laughs> fine. You say it right to them. I'm like, hey, you guys were fine today. Yeah, you, know? you were serviceable. 
we probably won't have you back, but thank you for your time. Um, but no, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week in the new year. I want to make them an offer, Cameron. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! We've been around the station a few times. Assemble. No! With the first pick in the draft. <laughs>